When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bustin' Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host, Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball. Episode 80, Toby Altizer alongside. I'm Grant Paulson. After a few pods in a row where there was a lot of news and a ton to get to, we're kind of back to the regularly scheduled season here. Things have cooled off in Natsville. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like last week, just every single day there was something going on. And then this week, it's like, what are we going to talk about? (laughs) There's plenty to talk about, obviously, but compared to what we talked about last week and coming out with a pod, it seemed like every day last week, it it, not as much pressing stuff to hit on this week. Yeah. I mean, the fact is the team's playing well, so that's still a big topic of conversation and something we can and should continue to be covering. But uh, the nationals obviously won another series. And as of going back to, Saturday night with their win uh, 11 of 14 and 16 of 21. So that's now 11 of 16 and 16 of 23. And they'll look for a sixth consecutive series. If they can get the next couple of games against the blue Jays after a loss at Rogers center today, we're taping the pot after the game on Monday night. It was yet another disappointing start for Josiah gray. We can get into the fact that it's been a little while since Josiah gray really looked the way that he was throwing early in the season when uh, he would really turn the corner and, and made some major strides. I'm not going to be one of the folks that I see that constantly, you know, bash his out uh, his outings when he, you know, he had six, one hit innings, two starts ago. So even though he walked some guys and pitch count was high, when you allow one hit over six innings at Yankee stadium, I'll take that. That's a pretty good start. And we'll, we'll worry about the rest as we go. But Today was not that. He really, really struggled, so we can get into that. But I thought we could start with our big leads here. So why don't you make like C.J. Abrams take a big lead? What's your uh, burning Nats item? I feel like we've talked about this a bunch, but we know that Davey Martinez has signed up for the next couple of years. But why in the world are we still waiting on something for Mike Rizzo? I mean, we've already gone into this in depth, so we don't have to again, but we both would stand on the table for Rizzo, not as much for Davey Martinez, and yet Davey's the one under contract for the next couple of years, and we're still waiting on something for Rizzo. I you know, I think that something's going to get done at some point and probably in the near future, but, I mean, it gets a little unsettling when you think about the fact that you have an ownership that at times can get a little bit cheap. You know, you hear the connections with the White Sox, even though it's probably not going to happen, but it's still something. I mean, it's just a little concerning that at this point we're, you know, a couple weeks past when Davey finally got his extension and it was supposedly close at that point with with Rizzo. And now we're sitting here 
and, and Rizzo still doesn't have something. So, you know, again, I, I don't think it's anything to be too, too worried about, but it is still noteworthy in my opinion that, you know, as much as we can break down some of the, some of the guys coming up and different things, but ultimately I think the most important thing that could happen in the next week or so is getting Rizzo signed up for the next couple of years. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not concerned. Like I still do think Rizzo will be here as I've been on record saying, and I feel better about that now, even than I did when we did our last pod at the end of last week, only because some of the smoke around the White Sox has died down a little bit. I think it was Bob Nightingale who came out and reported, who's one of Odyssey's baseball insiders, that you know Rizzo would be getting his deal soon or that you know the deal was essentially almost in place and had to be finalized. But that was a few days ago. Nobody's corroborated that. Nobody's confirmed that, and, and nothing seems to have come since. So I don't know what to do with that report, but I, I would – say that uh, I won't worry until you hear that Rizzo and the White Sox have talked or the Nationals have given him permission or, you know, someone reports that that Rizzo and the White Sox are, is a legitimate thing, which we really haven't ever heard. I mean, it was some dot connecting from Barry Sferluga, who was on our last pod. Uh, we've had some folks speculating. John Paul Morosi, we referenced, said uh, that he's heard from baseball people that Rizzo to the White Sox could make sense or there could be interest, which is very different than like this is an actual possibility based on the two sides, you know, having already uh, tried to speak and the Nationals having been asked permission, which would have to happen, obviously, uh, if he's going laterally president of one team to another. But, yeah, the fact that nothing's happened yet, I get why that's a story. Uh, my big lead's going to be Jacob Young getting to the major leagues. Uh, just turned 24 years old. He was in AAA for about a week. He got bumped up to AAA from AA Harrisburg the day that Dylan Cruz got sent to double A from Fredericksburg, just to give you a little uh, perspective on the time here. It's another sign of the Nationals not really feeling like AAA work is necessary to get to the show. I think they really value the double A experience. Uh, it seems to me like when guys get to the 2A level in their system and prove that they can succeed, that they deem them major league ready. We saw Juan Soto, as an example, called up from double-A, never got to triple-A. We've seen some other guys, even some that went to triple-A, who have played a lot more ball at the 2A level as prospects. Uh, and Jacob Young's kind of the latest example. If you look at his minor league track record, where uh, in 2021, he played 25 games in Fredericksburg after being drafted. Last year, 2022, he played 115 games. And he played all of those games at Fredericksburg low A. So as of the start of this season, he hadn't played a single game above Fredericksburg. Think about that. And then he played 55 games in Wilmington and 52 games in Harrisburg. And he had played four games at Rochester at AAA and they called him up. Uh, he's already done some decent things. He obviously scored a run as a pinch runner in the instrumental comeback uh, that they had against the Marlins over the weekend. He's over for his first six at the plate, but he's hit three balls over 95 miles an hour already. He's hit a ball a hundred. He's hit a ball 97. So he's made some loud contact. He's getting his bat on the ball. He's only got one strikeout in those six at bats. So it's not like he's looked overwhelmed by any means. And he also made a really nice diving catch, a sensational catch in center field. So I think he's made his presence felt a little bit. You can see the profile here. It's speed and defense. He's more of a slap hitter. He doesn't have a whole lot of power. He's the kind of guy that'll benefit from the way the baseball flies now in, in today's day and age with the velocities and 
and uh, the strength of these players and all the training they've done for so many years. You know, it's hard to find guys at the major league level if you play regularly that don't have 10 or 12 home run power. So that's kind of the floor for a, an MLB regular. And if he becomes one, that's probably where he'd be. It's, it's not a power profile. His arm strength's a little below average, although he does have a lot of outfield assists because he's very accurate. But he's one of my favorite players in the system, as I've talked about for a while, though, because he's just a hair-on-fire baseball rat type. Um, I, I've kind of viewed him for a while as like a fourth outfielder, like a, a rich man's Alex Call for the Nats this season, so to speak. Um, but I really, really, I mean, it, it, that's going to sound almost like worse than I wanted to. I, this guy could steal a ton of bases and play really, really good defense. He's got a couple of plus attributes. And in talking to some people around the Nats, they think it could end up being better than that. Like they think mate, there's some Adam Eaton to him possibly when it's all said and done. So I'm really excited to see what kind of chance he gets for the rest of this season. Yeah, and I mean, you can definitely find a place for guys like Adam Eaton on a baseball club because obviously Adam Eaton was a big part of the World Series team and specifically in the World Series. And so, you know, this is another example, Jacob Young, even Drew Millis coming up in this Blue Jays series and traveling with the team for a third catcher with Cabert Ruiz a little bit banged up. It, it's it, This is another example of how the Nationals farm system has grown. You know, there weren't these kinds of guys to call up because, you know, maybe these guys end up being just guys that float between AAA and the majors if there's injuries and various things like every organization has. But sometimes you bring up one of these guys, Grant, and they just pop and they just hang around. And it may not be that they become an impact bat or they become an everyday player. But Jacob Young, if he can become a fourth outfielder, again, I like the idea that you have so many people in the system that you start making Mike Rizzo or whoever the general manager is, hopefully Mike Rizzo going forward, you know, make them make decisions, whether it's trading guys or figuring out who you want to keep around and all the different things you have to do, make them make difficult decisions. And a guy like a Jacob Young, if he can come up and just hit somewhat like he has in the minors and steal bags and play good defense, that's a guy that can play a decent role on a ball club, even if it isn't every day. And again, another guy that you have to make a decision on when, Wood and Cruz and hopefully Hassel and Green and all those guys come up. So I like the fact that we're talking about these kinds of guys. And I like the fact, too, that they're taking this approach. They're not getting ahead of themselves and looking at how they've played since the All-Star break and thinking, oh, we've got it now. Let's let's chase something else. No, the ultimate goal this season still is to play the young guys to see what you got. And now with the opportunity with Stone Garrett going down with an injury, bringing a guy like Jacob Young up is the perfect example of what they should be doing. You know, they gave Blake Rutherford a chance, didn't really pan out. Now you give Jacob Young a chance and see if he pans out. You know, it's not to say that Rutherford's done and he's never going to get another chance, but, you know, he kind of had squandered his opportunity. Now give another guy an opportunity that's really hit the cover off the ball in the minors all year long, a 300-plus average, stealing a lot of bags. So I'm interested to see him. I'm interested to see Drew Millis, but I love the fact that, you have the scrappy Nats, but now you got the youth movement coming with it. Yeah, and the youth movement, I think, gets you to the finish line the rest of the way. I don't know if they continue to play at the pace that they have, you know, going into the last couple games on pace for 75 wins. As I said last week, I'd probably take the under with a regression coming, but that's okay with me. And I'm, I'd rather regress giving some opportunities to guys uh, like the aforementioned Jacob Young or. Uh, Drew Millis, as an example, you know, I'd rather young be playing than Alex Cole or, you know, any other veteran outfielder who might get an opportunity. 
uh, not named Lane Thomas. But one thing I want to say about the guys that are getting to the big leagues right now from the system, because I think it's important to note this for people that might not track the system as closely as like you and I do. These are not the really good prospects. You know, these are not the blue chippers, the, the, the best in the system, the guys that we rave about. I believe Jacob Young just got on to MLB Pipeline's top 30 a few weeks ago in terms of where he ranks in the minor league system for the Nats. Now, I happen to think they dramatically undervalue him, and I would have ranked him a lot higher. I would have had him closer to the top 10 to 12 or 13. Like I said, I love this guy uh, more than most because I really like you know the fact that he's an impact runner. He's an he's, It's a plus runner, plus defender, and kind of just a championship-level um, spark plug as an extra outfielder, or maybe a, a distant third outfielder. If your other two guys, you know, Cruz and Young, uh, Cruz and, and Wood rather become really, really good. But what's happening is you're seeing the guys that were kind of already in the system that were like, you know, I don't want to say uh, the reason the system wasn't good, but maybe the best players in a system before it improved now starting to graduate and get to the show first. Those guys were already here. They've moved to the upper levels. So, you know, Jake Irvin's not a high-end starting pitching prospect, but he was the first guy to get there, and he's actually exceeded some expectations, right? We've talked a lot about Jake Alou this year, who has done some decent things, getting his chance at third base and now in the outfield, moving around a little bit. I don't know that he's an everyday player. I think he might be a version in the infield of what Jacob Young is in the outfield. Um, Drew Millis is not a starting catcher, probably. You certainly hope he's not with Kbert Ruiz in the future, but he could definitely be a second catcher, you know, a guy that ends up having a role for this team for a long time. Uh, and who knows? I mean, maybe the ceiling's a little bit higher than that for him. But what I do want to point out is, to the credit of Rizzo and, you know, the guys that never get credit behind the scenes, I mean, even before Dejon Watson, but like the Mark Shalabas and, and uh, the Mike DeBartolos and some of the front office folks over with the Nats, some of these prospects that no one thought anything of that like were ranked badly in a bad system are not doing terrible. You know, some of them are having nice bounce back years or doing some decent things despite not getting any fanfare, right? Now, Jake Irvin in the major leagues has been a success this year. You can start to wonder, uh, I don't know if he'll be in the rotation long-term. You certainly hope not if things work out with other guys, but, he has been better than you think. You look at Mitchell Parker, who's coming into his own in double A and has been nasty. You know, he's been in this system for a few years, not getting much fanfare or attention. I don't know if you've been tracking Mitchell Parker lately, but I mean, he's had some really impressive good starts. And now he's, you know, got a four ERA and 103 innings and 124 strikeouts. And he's pitching in the upper minors and he's starting to look like if he can throw strikes, like he could be a dude at the big league level. And his last start in Harrisburg was pretty eye popping. Um, you're, you're in double a and you go out and you throw eight innings of three hit ball with nine strikeouts. Like that's the real deal. Uh, it was only a couple starts ago that he threw five shutout with eight K's before that six innings and three runs with 13 strikeouts. So these are the guys that weren't, you know, that, that were here before the trade for Soto and like all these prospects got here. And you're starting to see them get better and elevate themselves because this is what happens in systems where you create competition and they start to see the really good players come in and what it looks like. And and I think it's been good for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're just seeing that 
the guys that are coming in, they're pushing these other guys and you're drafting a little bit better and everything's just kind of clicking right now. It seems like with the farm system and to your point, Jacob Young, according to MLB Pipeline, is the 30th ranked prospect. Drew Millis, the 23rd ranked prospect. But these are the kinds of things that happen when you have a good or at least a better farm system than what the Nationals have had over the last couple of years where you get some young guys that can come up and give you something like Jake Irvin wasn't anything special, like you said. And now he looks like, okay, maybe he can be a part of the future, whether it's in the rotation or in the bullpen. You know, you give Jacob Young a chance. Maybe he's a guy that shows that he can be a defensive center fielder if you need him to be, or if you want him to be your fourth outfielder, a base stealer off the bench, whatever the case may be. You know, a, a Jake Alou, those sort of things. Seeing what these guys can do, because pretty soon they're going to get edged out by the James Wood, the Dylan Cruz, the Brady House. And that's a good thing. But you also have to have some of those role players on a championship level team. I mean, guys like Adam Eaton were big on the World Series team. You know, there's guys all throughout the roster that you need. So seeing these kinds of guys to fill out a roster are important because look at what the Padres have done. You know, when you think about how they've gone, they've just built up all the star power, but they don't necessarily have a good 26 man roster. They have a good top 10 maybe but they don't necessarily have the deepest roster and that just doesn't work with how baseball works that's why we love the game is because it takes so many people to be a successful baseball team so this is a really cool thing to see for the nationals where some of these guys are doing so well in the minors you give them a chance of the majors see if they do well or you know if they don't it again it's not that big of a deal but it's a it's a boon to the rebuild every time one of these guys comes up and does well so i'm rooting for jacob young rooting for drew millis and any other of the young guys that come up